Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 32, Future Jesus. Welcome to this fourth and final session in the mini-series about Jesus. Perhaps we got a little bit bogged down with the boffins on our quest for the historical Jesus. But does it matter? Where church thrives best, people aren't too fussed about the Jesus of history. They're happy enough with the Christ of faith. We're looking at the future today and perhaps the first thing to say that is although the Jesus of history is never going to change, he's fixed in the first century, the Christ of faith is going to evolve, as he always has, in the never-ending dance between what Jesus is and what the world wants to hear about him. Now, the world is a big place and Church Ahead isn't trying to cater to the whole world. Our focus is the developed world where Christianity is generally in retreat. But of course, Church is thriving in many other parts of the world, in Africa, Asia and South America. I want to look at why this is next year, but for now, let's just say that people in the older, declining churches want very different things from their faith compared with the people in the newer, growing churches. And this applies to Jesus. It might be the same Jesus, but people seem to want very different things from him. Let me give you two versions of Jesus. There's the heavenly Jesus. If your first thought about Jesus is that he sat at the right hand of the Father in heaven, lapping up the worship he's rightly due from his work on earth in his first coming, whilst pondering his long-range diary to decide the date for his return, then you're probably a heavenly Jesus Christian. The other side of the coin is the human Jesus. If your first thought of Jesus at the mention of his name is a 30-ish-year-old Middle Eastern man stretching out his hand to touch a leper, or a baby in a manger, or the victim of crucifixion, or the head of a table in the First Communion, then you're a more human Jesus Christian. Of course, Orthodox Christianity has always said that Jesus is both. I'm not saying you have to choose but we have limited bandwidth that most Christians would be more taken with one rather than the other. So here is my reading of church life, what I think is happening now and what will happen over the next hundred years. Very crudely put, the church in the developing world will continue to worship and adore a heavenly Jesus. Their emphasis will be on his divinity. In Europe, what matters to us is Jesus' humanity. Is he a wise, loving, compassionate, authentic human being? That's the sort of thing that we care about. Evangelically enthusiastic Christians are more likely to extol Jesus as a model of humanity. We're more concerned about his tone in talking to women than what he says about God. We're more taken with his touch of the leper than his theory about why God allows suffering. What we seem to want 
is a human Jesus. Now I'll give you four examples of how I think Jesus' humanity is gaining ground over his divinity in this part of the world. First, BBC Radio 4 Thought for the Day is a 2 minute 45 second God slot at 10 to 8 in the morning. It provides a soapbox for all religions, but I think some of the best are the Christians. Angela Tilby is a superb communicator with depth. Lucy Winkett speaks like an angel. Even Anne Atkins is unashamedly Christian and makes you think, just to name three of my favourite women. It must be one of the most awesome responsibilities for any Christian leader to rise to this challenge. The best ones are where they start with something in the news and finish with something about Jesus. And of course the hinge has got to be really good or the nation switches off and the Jesus bit has got to be really good and really short. So what I'm interested in is what do they say about Jesus with those few seconds of airtime. In a sense, they all seem to say the same thing, and that's not a criticism. Almost invariably, they pick out one aspect of Jesus' humanity and press it home. These are the most gifted Christian communicators of their generation, and they've worked out, if you want to get a hearing about Jesus, then focus on his humanity. Second comes the question of what we can relate to. I said in episode 31, I think church sometimes oversells the relationship with Jesus on offer. Let me row back a little bit the other way. There is a relationship between each one of us with Jesus to be had, and it's hopefully there behind the institution. And this puts the focus on Jesus' character and what it is about him we can relate to. We don't want a remote figure who belongs in another world. We want someone who is a human being we can relate to, a real, proper human being. The question is not how authoritative or miraculous Jesus is, but how relatable is he? Thirdly, let me ask you what you see in the Bible. Heavenly Jesus Christians will notice quite different things from human Jesus Christians. Let's look for a minute at John chapter 11, the raising of Lazarus. It's a long and important gospel story. Christians taken with the heavenly Jesus will focus on his authority over life and death, his ability to see through things. But increasingly, Christians latch on to the more human Jesus, his compassion for the sisters and his own grief in the face of his friend's death. For heavenly Jesus Christians, the most memorable verse is 25, I'm the resurrection and the life. But I suspect more of us are taken with verse 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Both sides of Jesus are on show here, but I think the human Jesus is the one European Christians care about more. It matters more that Jesus can cry than raise the dead. In the future, there will be more John 11.35 Christians 
than John 11.25ers. Fourthly, which end of Jesus' life do you prefer, Christmas or Easter? My sense is that Easter is in decline numerically. It doesn't get the numbers out. How many Christians even go to church on Good Friday? Not many. Whereas nativity pageants are as strong as ever, if not growing. The nativity story is a very human story. Baby, mother, manger, donkey, visitors, presence. It's not totally devoid of the heavenly. You've got a virgin birth and angels. But much more human than a Jesus dying as a sacrifice or resurrection accounts. There's a growing appetite for the human Jesus. And don't forget the scholarly books I told you about in the Quest episode. So from school children to grey-haired scholars, I detect a growing interest in the human Jesus. Am I asking traditional Christians to drop their faith in Jesus' divinity? No, I'm not. Many Christians will continue to hold on to both. But I think the emphasis is only going to go one way. Let me give you two theological journeys with Jesus. Look back over the history of how we've talked about God. Long before monotheistic religions, people looked at the world around them and they saw spirits in things. Then those spirits were seen in the heavens above. Then those spirits became gods. Then those gods became one god, who is of course our god, the god of this tribe. Then the god of our tribe became the god of the whole world. Then God became a man in Jesus. But the story of God never stands still for long. And where does it go next? So let me give you two journeys that the story can go on next. The first is a heterodox journey that will annoy traditional Christians. For hundreds of years, Christian theologians did their best to square the circle and explain how Jesus could be both fully God and fully man. But they didn't convince us completely for long. The holding mechanism fell apart and one of the two natures had to take second place at some point. In post-enlightenment humanist Europe, where human beings are increasingly confident of their own value without reference to a transcendent God, we let the divinity slide and double down on Jesus' humanity. What miserable, heretical speculation, say the traditional Christians. But consider this. Orthodox Christianity doesn't say that the story of God ended with the coming of Jesus. Jesus came to bring the Holy Spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit to be the presence of God in this world, then why Jesus doesn't have to do all the heavy lifting of divine presence here? He's free to be human, fully human. Within the Trinity, that's the most important thing about him now, his humanity. That's what no other member of the Trinity can offer us. So we have two theological journeys about how God develops after the coming of Jesus. 
one heterodox and heretical, one orthodox and more traditional. But both of them take us to the same place. The most important thing about Jesus now is his humanity. What we need most from Jesus is a real human being. This has been happening for a long time and this need will only grow in the Western Church over the coming years. So what else can we say about the future of Jesus? Try this. Jesus shall reign where'er the sun Doth his successive journeys run If you're listening to this, then you're probably a European Christian as I am. Well, I hope you'll agree that it's obvious Christ is becoming less European. As the church thrives in the global south, these strong churches won't stick with the white European Jesus for long. They're going to develop their own ways of seeing and singing about Jesus. Some of these ways are going to amaze us Europeans. But there's another development coming over the horizon that I think we European Christians are going to find a little more threatening. As well as the rise of non-European versions of Jesus, I think we're going to see non-Christian, non-church Jesus. I suppose the question behind the question is who owns Jesus? We're used to the assumption that Jesus is the possession of church. But I suspect our exclusive title to Jesus is in decline. More people outside of church will latch on to him. And this won't equate necessarily to joining church or going to church. Who knows where this will lead? Who knows what people will say when they discover Christ for themselves? We finish with a song from the 1970s musical stage show, Jesus Christ Superstar. How many centuries of European Christian theology would you have to trawl through to find a response to Jesus as good and true as this one? This is a 20th century voice, but for me it's very much the voice of the future. So here is Tim Rice imagining how Mary Magdalene might have talked to herself about Jesus. I don't know how to love him, what to do, how to move him. I've been changed, yes, really changed. In these past few days when I've seen myself, I seem like someone else. I don't know how to take this. I don't see why he moves me. He's a man. He's just a man. And I've had so many men before. In very many ways, he's just one more. Should I bring him down? Should I scream and shout? Should I speak of love? Let my feelings out. I never thought I'd come to this. What's it all about? Over the next century, I expect to hear fewer heavenly hymns and to sing more songs like this one.
Thank you for listening to episode 32, the last of this little series on Jesus. We'll come back to Jesus in Lent 2023 with a series on Jesus' death. For the rest of this year, we've got two more episodes where we're going to take a review of the year. I'm going to tell you what this year has given me the most pleasure and pride to be a Christian and what has disappointed me most about the church this year.